0: We're starting a new series tonight, Um, and uh, this series in particular is about injustice. Uh, In fact, it is going to be about justice and injustice. Now, I don't know exactly kind of where you stand on your understanding of the word injustice, um, but I I looked it up and maybe see if I can just clue you in a little bit with um, a Merriam-Webster definition here. First of all, injustice is kind of... Um, summed up by a violation of a right or unfairness, <clears throat> and justice is uh, defined as impartiality, fairness, uh, what's right or conforming to the law. So injustice is when something happens to someone or something or a nation or an organization that just doesn't seem fair. Um, now, have we lived enough life here at middle schoolers and high schoolers to realize that like life isn't fair? Have we pretty much got there? Okay. Now, how many of you still say from time to time, but that's not fair, right? Yeah, we do. We do. In fact, um, I, I want to give you another word that uh, is linking it. So justice and judge kind of come from the same root word, if that makes sense to you. So a judge is to impartially, meaning without any sort of you know, uh, reasoning, like hand out, sorry, without any sort of uh, coercion is what I'm, what I'm saying there, hand out like a, a verdict, right? Based on the objective facts, based on what's true, not based on his opinion, not based because someone said, I'll pay you if you put this verdict out, right? A really good judge would hand out justice, right? And so um, that word judge and justice, and then there's a biblical word justified, which kind of shows up in this conversation as well. But I, I will just tell you this, um, I sometimes am asked to judge things as I just was a few moments ago, right, with like, okay, is uh, is this the guys win the game, or is this the girls win the game? And here's what happens, right? I hand down a verdict based on my understanding of what happened, and do you know what happened? There's a whole group of people in here that were like, that's not fair, you know, because there had to be reasoning. Now, I did not even... We did not even plan that. That was not supposed to be my intro to this, but here's what's interesting. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you that, like, I'm perfectly fine up here teaching. I'm perfectly fine, like, leading and and all this kind of stuff. I don't like to judge things. I don't like to be the one kind of saying, like, let's go this way or that way sometimes, because what ends up happening is, is everyone who decides to disagree with it, boy, I stay in my head about that. Anyone else? Like, if, if, if you took all the public scrutiny of, like, we disagree with you, like, that stresses me out. And so there's a little bit of me that's like, oh, no, did I, I should have given Stella the, the, the what, are, what are they, <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. And the girls are back there, like, yes, yes, okay. The guys? The guys agree? Okay, well, so, like, here's the deal. And sometimes we have diff- different understanding of what's just and what's unjust. Now... We could talk about like funny stuff in youth group games and all that kind of stuff, but I also was thinking about how like y'all are right in the phase where I was, um, I was starting to become aware of injustices kind of in the world, and, and big injustices. So I, I wrote a couple down here, but I'd be curious to, to, if you were to say like, yeah, sometimes we're watching the news and I hear about injustice in the world, would you like name kind of a big one that you, you hear about in our world? I heard someone say something. Murder. Okay. War. War. Uh, Countries with no religious freedom. freedom. Interesting. Theft. Theft. Yeah. So many things we would say. That's not fair. What else? Gun control. control. Yeah. When we hear about, you know, unfortunately, like all those terrible situations with shootings, you know, like... Like that's awfully ugly, and we don't want that to happen anymore, but it does, it does happen. So, yeah. Politics. Politics is, is an injustice. How is politics an injustice? I'm not saying you're wrong. I just... Huh? You just like the word. Okay, all right. Racism. I had that down. Yep, absolutely. Racism. Still alive and well, unfortunately. I wrote... Oh, go ahead. Hmm? sexism yeah she's smiling at me because she's applying it to the game that's cute okay you two you two actually just decided uh that the guys won for sure uh i was feeling bad and uh, now i'm not feeling bad anymore so there you go thank you okay getting back to the serious uh here's a couple i wrote down um poverty poverty extreme poverty there are, um, I've, I've heard this stat, I can't tell you if this stat is accurate, um, but I have heard it said that if, uh, if, if wealthier nations were to kind of distribute their wealth, where think of all the leftovers that we have, think of all the extra that we have, think of how we have like more and more and more and more, what if we said we'll just take what we need and we distribute it um, and, and, and that the whole world would have enough food, that the whole world would have enough food, what, like what if, you know what I mean? And, and I, I heard that stat probably a decade ago. Um, but, you know, you've got rampant poverty. You've got disease that seems like, you know, was that just? How is that something that, you know, um, even God allows? I wrote slavery. Uh, slavery and trafficking kind of go together. Trafficking, I don't know if you know that term, but trafficking is kind of like modern-day slavery. It's kind of like um, owning humans um, and selling humans, but in our modern day and age, there's lots of um, there's lots of methods for for getting people one way to another. Also, tr- slavery for different reasons, um, and so that's that's a pretty hefty one. Natural disasters. There's a lot of tornadoes been going going on. Um, we lived in Arkansas for seven years, and and there's been some some big tornadoes lately in that area with some of my friends' um, areas, even former students that are now kind of like young adults. Um, houses impacted. So it's like, man, was that You know, it's just out of nowhere, there's a tornado, and now their house is is damaged. Um, I wrote hunger. I wrote abuse. I wrote limited access to clean water. There are some areas that just don't have access to clean water. Um, You you might know if you were to do some Googling. Anyone um, know what I'm talking about when I refer to Flint, Michigan? So Flint, um, and I I don't know the details, but they've had a, a massive issue with their water. It's not clean. It's not safe. And it's been years it's been years, and that's in the United. Some of you are like, "Well, yeah, all that stuff is nope, nope." You know what I mean? Um, there's just there's just injustices out there. Now, some of those injustices seem a little more like people oriented, and some are like, "Well, I mean, a tornado is. It's not like anyone caused that, you know." Um, and some, you know, you would say, like, "Well, yeah, there's some people like slavery. Like, we no one should own humans, right? That's something that should across the board be true." And so the fact that there's people out there that are that are making money off this ugly industry, right? And so here's, here's why I bring all that up. Not just to be like, it's depressing, right? Welcome to church. Um, here's why I bring that up. Because when I was your age, I was starting to kind of like wade into the waters of like, why does that stuff happen? Even, even, even more so, like, why does God allow those things to happen? Anyone ever ask that question? Like, there's the, why, why, do, why, do, why do bad things happen to people that we, we love or people that seem to be good? Why, why, do, why do good people sometimes have a tough time in life? And why do bad people right, that are making money off slavery seem to make more and more and more and get more successful? How is that a thing that's true? And so I started wading into those waters when I was your age. And quite honestly, in middle school and high school, I was just like, I don't know. I don't have answers to any of those questions. And I'm going to be honest, 40 years old, there's still sometimes I'm like, I don't know, right? I, 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 kind, of, I kind of talk about it in general terms. We live in a broken world. When it, when it comes to God giving us freedom and free will, it seems that, and this is kind of my general answer to those questions, when God gave us free will, he didn't force us to become like good people making good decisions. Some of us are going to grow up to be bad people making bad decisions, that impact plenty of other people. Some of you are going to be in charge of other people, like as a boss, and it's going to be up to you to be a good boss or a bad boss. Some of you are going to be in a family one day, and it's going to be up to you to be a a good husband, a good wife, a good father, a good mother, um, or or not. Some of you are going to grow up to be like church leaders, and I think that would be incredible, right? And some of you are going to grow up to just kind of be like, I'm just going to kind of put all that on the shelf. I kind of want to do my own life instead of what God wants me to do. So you have the decision in your hands to kind of participate in this injustice or not. And we see this in Scripture um, because um, I, I wrote down there's, there's two different points of Scripture. In fact, most of the Scripture is not going to come up on the screen because I honestly, as I was studying this today, I found all kinds of different places in Scripture where injustice shows up. And I was like, man, how do I boil this down in a one, you know, 25-minute moment? So I thought about two moments in Scripture. One, a guy named Job. We know Job. Job was a guy who seemed to do nothing wrong, right? And then God and Satan had this conversation, and uh, and Satan's like, "Ah, you know, I want to I get after one of your guys. And then God, we've even had this conversation on staff. God says, have you considered my, my servant Job? Right? Essentially, tempt him. See, see if he'll, see if he'll turn. And Satan was unleashed and took everything. Took health, took family members, took property, right? Took Took everything. And then in the midst of it, like you would be tempted to do, there was a couple moments where Job was like, how long are you going to let this happen to me? Like, how long? How long? In fact, at the very end of it, I read this. This is kind of funny, not funny. Um, the, uh, in Job chapter, I think it's one, no, in two, I, wrote, I highlighted this today. He didn't take his wife, which seems like, oh, that's really sweet. Wait for it. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. <clears throat> Maybe that's why he didn't take the wife, because he knew that she was a weapon, you know? <laughs> like, this is Job's life. There's 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 so many of us that like that would be like, I could I could never, I could never handle this. Now Job is the kind of guy who had good moments. He literally at one point said, You give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But he had other moments where he was like, God, how long? What what is going on? Like, I don't, and any of us would ask that. I would ask that question over and over and over again. I'd probably go into a depression. I would go into like a running from God moment. Probably like if God took, I'm just being flat out honest with you guys. If God took everything from me like that, I don't know. I would like to say that I would be loyal But I would probably be very upset. Anyone else willing to be honest and be like, yeah, I would struggle a little bit in my faith. Yeah. And I've had those moments, quite honestly. Like, I've walked through those moments with God. Now, he's seen me through, right? All my life, you've been faithful. That's why I raise my hands when I sing that song. Because there's moments where I'm like, how long? And sometimes it's just crickets. But he's walking with me through those seasons, right? So then Job and God are having a conversation, and God has this moment with Job that honestly changed my viewpoint of what's just and what's unjust, and and am I the judge in this situation, or am I just supposed to let God be God, okay? This is going to probably enlighten some of you who have massive questions in your faith, massive doubts in your faith. This is literally one of those, like, enlightening passages for me. So, and all those, like, God, how long? God, what are you, are you, even, what are you thinking? Like, maybe you got, a mis- you got it wrong. God didn't have it wrong. You know, what, you know what God says in response? This is Job 38. Again, not on the screen. Then uh, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Uh, verse 4 here. It says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Why do you think he asked that? By the way, he goes on for two chapters with those questions. I'll read some more real quick. You think of your answer. Because I, I want you to know why you think God asked Job that. Let me read some more. Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what where its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors When it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds, its garment, and thick darkness, its swaddling band, he goes over, have you commanded the morning since your days began? Let me read that. Have you commanded the morning, right? Do you realize, have you ever thought about this every once in a while? Like, God is keeping all this together. He's keeping it all together. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Why do you think God asked that question? Go a couple steps deeper. What do you What do you think? Why would God ask Job that question? Yep, we have very limited power, right? We can only control what we can control, and we cannot control everything. Yeah. Yeah. The word that I'm thinking of with that is perspective. That like reality check. Kind of like you're saying like, are you aware? Are you even aware what's happening upstairs right now? No. Are you aware what's happening tomorrow? Are you aware what's happening in 10 years from now? Of, co- of course not. And so God is here. He's asking these questions. Not because God's stupid and needs an answer. So, no, no, no. I actually wondered where you were when you were laying. No, God's not stupid, right? He's asking a question. He's saying, Were you not there? Oh, I actually, I was. And God is above time and space. And so this is going to break your brain for just a moment, if I can just share this. But he is present yesterday and tomorrow at the same time, right? He's with you in school tomorrow. And he was there with you yesterday, all in the same moment, right? Like your cranium just split in half right in front of me, right? It's very hard to understand, but he is above time and space. He knows how it ends. We read it in Revelation. We're not there yet, but like he's saying, I'm just telling you what's going to happen that way. And he was there at the foundations of the earth. So for me, that reminds me that God determines what is just and what is unjust. You know why? This is a very simple Bible answer because he created everything, because he's the king, and I'm not. No one on this planet is king, right? Jesus is king. And so I'm looking at all this, and I'm thinking, if, and this, I know this is your question, right? Your question might be like, okay, so how do I know that for sure? How do I prove that? Like, when I'm just going to tell you, like, I've got evidence for my faith, I've been studying and reading and watching and learning for 40 years, and I'm still to this point, right, not walking away from Jesus because I'm like, it seems to me that if if all of these intelligent human beings were created by something, it probably wasn't an accident, right? And all those times that prophecies were spoken of in the Old Testament that came true in the New Testament. And I'm not just talking, this isn't just like, well, someone wrote a book. And so like, no, no, like a 1,000 years before Jesus was born, prophecies were given. Right? 500 years before Jesus was born, prophecies were given. True, 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 true. They happened in time. I'm watching this play out. And that gives me boldness. And it reminds me that he's in charge. So we're still left with this like, okay, Mark, I get it. God's in charge. He created everything. Great. But we still have like poverty and we still have slavery, we still have racism, we still have all this ugly stuff, right? Yeah, we do. And so Jesus in Matthew nine has got an answer here. Four verses. We're just gonna read them. These are gonna be on the screen. So Jesus walking throughout cities and the villages, he's teaching in the synagogues, he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and he's healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So he said to his disciples, right? Okay, so and picture with me. He's in the crowds, but he's also got his disciples, right? So imagine you're at a football game, but then you kind of turn aside to your friends and you kind of like have this conversation, you're like, Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Why is he saying that? Put put yourself in their shoes? I mean, this is the beginning. This is the absolute beginning of everything, right? The church has not been launched out. Like, Jesus is kind of right at the beginning of his his ministry years. All those things are, are kind of launching for the first time. And here's what Jesus is saying. Something crazy is going to happen in a couple years. So start praying now. Now here's what's interesting. What does this mean for you? It's like, okay, cool. A conversation happened with Jesus and his disciples. Here's where you play into this account. You might be someone who's an answer to this prayer. Can we go back? You might be someone who's an answer to this prayer or not. Right? Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. And I'm not saying... You need to pray. I think you should pray, but this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, is 2,000 years later, here we are. We're living in a culture that's very anti-God. And I wonder if you're one of those people that's going to be called out to see the, see the crowd, to have compassion, and then to just to serve. And just to serve. Just to pour your life out as a ransom. Just to help. Just to show love just to invite just to share the gospel just to be there to be a friend to be to be there with people so it seems to me can we go back to verse 36 i think it's 36 yeah so let me ask you this last question before we before we close it seems to me that jesus main concern cuz he saw he had compassion on them why because they were harassed and helpless like what sheep without a shepherd what do you think sheep without a shepherd means people without a, people without a god that's pretty much well said it yeah lost and alone in in new testament terms right we learn in ephesians 1 and 2 that there's a massive difference between a believer and 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 not a believer right if you're christ follower we have all these terms like accepted loved chosen believed like like um predestined even, um, adopted into God's family. You are a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of God. Can I just have all eyes on me? I know we're about to close, but can I just tell you something? I need you to listen to this. I think sometimes we have this language out there. It's like, we're all God's children. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says that we are all made in God's image, but when Ephesians, right, when Paul's writing to the Ephesian church and he's describing Christians, you know what he he says? You are adopted into God's family. But then even a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, like, if you have changed, right? The old has passed away, the new has come, and we are agents of reconciliation. We've got the message of reconciliation. You're trusted with this. So, I want to be very, very clear right now. You might be God's answer. This is such a big point, and I, I, it's, it may not land with you, but we're going to spend a couple more weeks talking about this. I really want you to maybe think about this and just trust God with this reality. Okay? Give me 30 seconds, and then I'll close. But I really want you to just hear this and just let your heart be kind of like wet cement right now. Okay? Okay? Because this could change your life. Is it possible that you are one of the laborers that's going to call, get called into the harvest to address maybe the biggest injustice in the world? What do you think the biggest injustice in the world is? What was he concerned about? Sheep without a shepherd. If, if this story is accurate, and I'm just going to tell you, I believe it is, I have literally pushed all of my life and said like I am I am sold out I'm bought in to this this gospel message and like my whole life is given to that so I'm just gonna tell you I'm not like faking this right now if this is true then it seems that the biggest injustice in the world is the sin that is separating people from a holy God and you're like I can't fix people's sin no one's asking you to fix people's sin who does that That's the biggest Sunday school answer in the world. Jesus. Yes, we just had Easter. He died for our sins on the cross. He did the work. What's your job? I'm just going to kind of walk along and just kind of ignore it. Oh, that doesn't sound right. So here's my question. Will you be the answer to this prayer, right, in 37 and 38, laborers into the harvest? dead serious and I don't mean when you're an adult I mean right now I mean at school in your home in your neighborhood will you address the biggest injustice which is that the fact that there are people that are separated from God and will you be a missionary right into your friend group right into your school right into your neighborhood that's my challenge We'll talk about this for a couple more weeks, right? Let's bow your heads. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for these students, Lord. I am like so excited about the potential for these students. I pray, honestly. I pray that you would just wreck their hearts a little bit, wreck my heart a little bit, and just remind us that we are not our own, that we were created for a purpose. And that we're to find our purpose in you. That's it. Whole life purpose is to find our purpose in you. It's your name we pray. Amen.